Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Ordinary Women uh, podcast video. And today uh, I am, I'm Kelly Matthews. Let me just start there. And I am one of the team members here. And today I have Kay Daigle, which is a great treat. She's our founder and executive director here at Beyond Ordinary Women. And she's going to tell us a story today. She recently went to the border with a ministry that sent a group to, to go minister. And so we wanted to uh, hear what happened, uh, who she spoke with, what did she learn, that kind of stuff, because um, this is a thorny issue about immigration. And um, the Bible has a lot to say about it. Our experience in this country is definitely, um, it's all over the news all the time. And uh, Kay's experience has really impacted her. So we're just going to kind of throw out a few questions and let her talk today. Welcome, Kay. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for doing this. So let's just start. Like, who did you go with and what was the purpose behind the trip? I went with a group called Women Welcome. You can find them at womenofwelcome.com. And they are a sister group of World Relief. And World Relief, and that's worldrelief.org. World Relief was begun by the Evangelical Immigration Table. It is a group that wanted a hands-on ministry working around the world on disasters, on refugees, on immigrants, on all sorts of practical ministries that evangelicals should have close to our heart because they are things close to God's heart. And so Women of Welcome was sort of born from World Relief, but we partnered with World Relief people in Southern California while we were there. They are people who are working with immigrants. They are people who are funding some some immigrant ministries at the border. Mm -hmm. They help fund them as well as work. They train people. Uh, They work personally with immigrants who are working on getting asylum or permanent papers in all sorts of ways, uh, practical, Mm -hmm. practical ways they are working with immigrants. And so we spent, I was gone four days. Okay. We, we began on um, a Monday evening, just learning and preparing ourselves to go across the border into Tijuana on Tuesday. We spent all day Tuesday down at the border in Tijuana. Of course, it takes a while to get across and back. Mm -hmm. So that -hmm. was part of it. On Wednesday, we learned a lot. We stayed in the United States, but we heard from all sorts of people, which gave us a lot of information about immigration laws, about what was happening at the border, just a variety of people doing a lot of things down there. So it was- Let me, let me answer quick. Why did you go? You know, that's a good question. (laughs) That's a good question. You know, for years, I think I was just naive about all sorts of issues. I was 
studying the Bible all the time. I was teaching the Bible. Uh, and that was pretty much my ministry, my family and teaching the Bible. But I was just, I had no idea about some of the things really that the Bible lands heavily on were just, I guess, as a, as a privileged white woman, those were just out of my everyday situation. And I just did not think about it. I didn't really have a heart for it in any way, because I just, in some, in some ways, I didn't even know there was a problem, you know, mm -hmm. because it wasn't my problem. And right. I can't even tell you when in my life, but at some point I realized I wasn't seeing people the way that God did. And I started asking God to help me see people as he did. So I would have the compassion mm -hmm. and love for other people that he has. And slowly but surely he has done that to the point that during this whole past few years when the immigration issue has become so upfront and so mm -hmm. public uh, that my heart has just been real heavy about it. And particularly when I heard of children being separated from their parents, mm -hmm. from people being mistreated, from people being caged up, mm -hmm. who are just desperate people leaving their countries because of danger of, of some kind. Uh, mm -hmm. It just really broke my heart. So I would say over the past few years, God, it prepared me. And at some point, um, I have a friend who was, who was following Women of Welcome on Instagram, I believe, and she posted something. And so I started following them because I was very interested. The posts were, were very informational, very compassionate, and I really appreciated them. So I started following them and then I requested to get emails from them and got that. Mm -hmm. And at some point they just threw out, we're going to take a trip to the border. If you're mm -hmm. interested, you can apply. And so I did that several months ago and did not mm -hmm. get accepted. So when I saw it again, maybe in February, early March, uh, for a trip in April, I knew that I wanted to go. And actually, I think I'd seen more than one before when I couldn't go. It was just the wrong days for me. But this mm -hmm. time I thought, I think I can do this. And so I applied and they accepted me. There were 15 of us that they accepted. We had okay. women all over the country mm -hmm. with all sorts of ministries, backgrounds. It, it was a very interesting and wonderful group to be with. So it's a Christian organization or faith-based? Christian organization, yes. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And both, both uh, World Relief and Women of Welcome are trying to advocate for biblical treatment of people at the border. Are they working with the authorities or directly with the uh, immigrants? They're working directly with immigrants, not the authorities. Mm -hmm. Although we okay. met some border patrol while we were there. So mm -hmm. yeah, they're, they're working. What they're doing with the authorities is advocating, advocating okay. for laws that are unjust, laws that are inhumane, uh, advocating against those, advocating mm -hmm. for more humane treatment, for uh, allowing more people who are, have been displaced. There are over 100 million people who have been displaced in our world because of war or famine, yeah. you know, all sorts of things. And mm -hmm. that number, I have the number here, is growing by 
37,000, more than 37,000 people a day. Is that worldwide? Worldwide. But our country has done very little. We, Mm -hmm. We allow very few people considering how many people need a safe place to live to raise their families when you went into tijuana you you guys crossed over into mexico and started uh, working with the people on that side they were waiting were they trying to get applications finished were were they in line we were really not a work a a work group we were Mm -hmm. a group that was there to look and watch Mm -hmm. we were there to listen we were there to, to learn and we were there. To and so you spoke with them, with different people who different were people, waiting? Different people. We went to a couple of places in particular where women were in charge of ministering to immigrants in some way. Mm-hmm. And the first place, the woman's name is Maria and her ministry is housed right around the corner from where the American authorities, right by the border, basically, where the American authorities open a door and they shoo out all the people that are being deported that day. Mm -hmm. They all come out about 5 p.m., I believe. I believe that's what she told us. Um, When they come out, she is a place that people will tell them to go. And she does not have a shelter, but she does have some food for them. She can contact shelters if they are people that that know no one in Tijuana. Mm -hmm. She helps them find what they need. And she ministers to people who are there in Tijuana who are not native Tijuanans. They are migrants. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. most of them are trying to get into the United States. She ministers to them. She has sewing classes there. They have English classes there. Um, just in many ways, she she ministers to them. And then the second place that we visited was, was a church that became a shelter to um, mm-hmm. COVID or right before COVID. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, but in that in that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the woman there told us that. One evening, her husband, who was the pastor of the church, was just out doing something and ran into some people who stopped him and said they needed some place to stay. And of course, his heart went out to them. He knew he needed to help. So he brought him to the church mm-hmm. and he and his wife got into a conversation and realized that why can't our church be a shelter all the time? Why can't mm-hmm. we open it to more people? Mm-hmm. And we visited that that church, which is a shelter mm-hmm. now. And even though the pastor, her husband, died during COVID, he died of COVID, mm-hmm. she has taken over and mm-hmm. is doing this on her own. And wow. these two women were truly amazing. The, the first woman and the other ministry mm-hmm. She actually lives in San Diego. She's Hispanic, but she lives in San Diego and she crosses the border five days a week to minister Mm -hmm. and open this uh, storefront place that she has. And on the other two days, she works so that she can pay for her own rent and Mm -hmm. live and put put whatever money she has left over into this ministry. And and she's 76 years old. So she can be doing nothing. 
you know, and yeah. feel like she retired. Had, yeah, she could be retired. Mm -hmm. and but instead, she she crosses every day and she crosses back. And sometimes that can take hours. That can take yeah. hours. I got yeah, in yeah. a conversation with a man while we were trying to get in and we were just walking toward the toward the border. He was coming out of one of he had just been allowed into the United States. And he also lived in San Diego, works over in Tijuana every day. And of course, they have ways you can get sort of fast passes to get in. Mm -hmm. But even with the fast pass, I asked him, I said, how long does it take you? He said, oh, probably usually around an hour, but it can take as much as three hours. Mm, just now, to get there. What this lady is also going through every yeah. day to go yeah. miss people. Do you have any idea how she gets her supplies? Does she take donations? Does she buy them in Mexico and and uh, you know provide them from there? I'm sure she would have to get them in Mexico because yeah, you know, transporting them across yeah, wouldn't. You don't want to take a car or truck across the border. That's a really long way. That's mm -hmm. not impossible. So I'm sure she buys it all in Tijuana. World mm -hmm. Relief gives both of these women's ministry some money I know it's not mm -hmm. enough she said also um you know they raise money through you know she has some other partners and then she gives mm -hmm. them her own money she mm -hmm. just gives some of her own yeah money. okay and so I mean these are just heroes so these are individuals doing what they can they live near they're in that that area there that's part of their reality is immigration is just part of their culture right there uh, on the border Absolutely. so we're it's not for us right we don't live near the border we're in texas so we hear a lot about it um but we're far enough away that it's not an immediate uh reality to us what what kind of suggestions do you have what you know just reflections after your visit for us the church not just here in dallas but throughout the u.s of how what kind of reaction what kind of actions should we be taking uh what are some uh directions that we can go to just like those women are ministering hands-on what can we do right uh, we know we don't have to be at the border we know that there are refugees sent throughout the country uh, as they wait for their paperwork to process so they're they're kind of all over right well i think one thing that might help us is to think about the different groups of immigrants that we have in the mm -hmm. united states because we don't all have the kind of immigrants that we're getting down at the southern border near mm -hmm. us but we might have some of the other types of immigrants a refugee is someone who's been forced to flee his or her country because of war, violence, or persecution, often without warning. And what we normally think of as refugees are usually coming from Africa, from the Middle East, from Europe, because the many of them are coming from camps where they because they've been displaced because of war. They're coming from camps where they've lived for several years. They have been trying to get into the United States for years, but the waiting list is so long and we allow so few to come in that mm -hmm. that doesn't happen very quickly. An immigrant is someone who leaves his or her home country and moves to a foreign country with the intention of settling there. So that would include any immigrants that come to our United States. And there are several ways you can get in through, through visas, 
Uh, they give visas to people who have family who already live here, but sometimes those visas can take up to 20 years for them to be improved, wow. the rest of the family to come over. Or they could be work visas. People have work visas mm -hmm. also, and I'm not going to go into all the types of yeah. visas. But one of the, of the groups that can come in are asylum seekers. And those are mainly what we see at the Southern border. It's someone who has fled his or her country and professes a credible fear of persecution, but whose case has not been adjudicated by the government of or the host country. And then just somebody you would call a migrant is someone who is moving from place to place within his or her country or across borders, usually for economic reasons, such as seasonal work. And, mm -hmm. you know, being in Texas, we know that there have always been migrants from Mexico that we've mm -hmm. given work visas to. to come yeah, they come and go. Mm -hmm. To come and go. So I think we're, we're used to that kind of thing. But the mm -hmm. asylum seekers are really a type of refugee. But the difference, yeah. the difference is that they haven't been over in these countries where they've been settled somewhere and are trying to get into the United States. They're people who are coming from the South from within the Americas and the law in the United States allows someone to request asylum at the border. It also says that anybody on American soil can request asylum. And that's part of the reason we've had so many crossing the border, not at the border mm -hmm. uh, ports, yeah. but across the whole South is because if they can get across they are looking for the border patrol. They aren't yeah. claiming to be here illegally. They're looking for the border patrol. They're trying to flag them down and say, we're requesting asylum. because." Mm -hmm. And what they do at that point is they interview them to determine if there's really a credible fear. Mm -hmm. If it really looks like they might get asylum, that they're, they have um, evidence that they might get asylum, they're, they're from a country where we accept the idea that there's persecution or mm -hmm. war or something like that, uh, then they let them stay in the United States. And within about five or six months, they will let them start working here, but it's all temporary because mm -hmm. they need a final hearing in front of an immigration judge. And the problem mm -hmm. is, this is one of the big, big problems with our immigration system. Uh, Congress has not funded enough of them. And so somebody can come into the country, they can have a credible fear, but they're not going to see the immigration judge for four and a half years. Mm -hmm. That's the average, four and a half years. So they come, they can start working, but in four and a half years, they may be deported out of the country. So they've started mm -hmm. a life here. Right. It's the time is too long. It is unfair mm -hmm. to people. That's not justice. You you mm -hmm. you need to hear their stories much more easily. So that's one of the big failures of the laws mm -hmm. that we presently have, and the the fact that we aren't willing to fund it to take care of all these people. So you may or may not know the answers to these. I'm just throwing. Yeah, I don't know everything. I'm not an. That's expert. totally fine. Did you, you may have met people like this, perhaps, um, if they come and they seek asylum, but they're denied, do you know what happens to them? Yeah, they're deported. Like they're pretty quickly? Probably deported. Now, now, I do know that they can apply for another type 
uh, they can apply for a visa positively mm-hmm. of, of another type. Maybe a school, you can get an educational visa also. Maybe maybe they'll mm-hmm. start going to school, try, try some yeah. other way to stay. But when you originally said, you know, uh, those who are coming to seek asylum, if they're from a country that we recognize, that could be a real possibility that they need it. But that would be kind of an initial interview. Like, yeah, uh, there's some sort of initial interview that I mm-hmm. believe the Border Patrol does. And then they determine who can stay and who has to be deported immediately. If someone okay. is caught at the border and they're from Mexico, for instance, there is no mm-hmm. legal way for a Mexican resident, a Mexican citizen to come to the United States right now. None, unless mm-hmm. they have a family. It would be one of the mm-hmm. family visas or something like that. But they and they can- would come... There's no asylum, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. There's no asylum for them. Mm -hmm. So if somebody came over from Mexico, they would originally, they would just immediately be deported because Mm -hmm. they cannot get asylum here. That's not a possibility. So it's going to be from Central America and beyond. Right. So they do that initial hearing and someone can stay, but then they can't work until they get this work permit. So so for those months that they're waiting to, to get the work permit, they cannot work. They are at the mercy of churches. They're at the mercy Mm -hmm. of ministries. They're at the mercy of maybe family members that they've moved in with. And they have to live off the the good Mm -hmm. graces of those family members in order to make it. And so Mm -hmm. as you talk about what's a way we can help, they are requiring more and more of these immigrants. I know that refugees have to have sponsors. And I believe mm-hmm. they're starting to say that asylum seekers have to have sponsors in order to get here. And as Maria, the lady mm-hmm. at the border that's right around mm-hmm. the border from the border, as she yeah. said, many of them know no one in the United States. Right. Getting a sponsorship is what are they supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, she also mentioned that to go through the system, you have to have a smartphone. Right. Right. That app. I've heard that there's a new app. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. And she said, Mm -hmm. these people are not necessarily coming with smartphones. They know no one. How are they supposed to get a sponsor? Well, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a way that people and churches need to find ways to help. I know one of the women who traveled with me is from Iowa. And Mm -hmm. she was talking about that some of the churches in the area, she works at a place that deals with immigrants and these are these are mostly refugees from um, other you know places Mm -hmm. and but she said that there are churches there the the whole church sponsors several families Mm -hmm. and that means they're they're looking out for them they're making sure that they're learning English they're making sure that they have what they need so that is a way that we can help we can do it as a family. You can do it as an individual. You can do it as mm-hmm. a church. Uh, the church having several families would be a great right. thing because mm-hmm. that way there would be a number of immigrants there together. That is just one way that people can help. Now, as far as us helping people down at the border, mm-hmm. a lot of that has to come through the people that are working there. So monetarily, Donating mm-hmm. gifts is is really important. You know, World Relief that I that we were partnering with us and doing all the teaching, they do a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. I was so impressed with them and what they were so doing. So we there. 
if we looked at different um, minute organizations that are providing aid at the southern U.S. border and yes. kind of you know look out look for some of those uh, and, there, and there's kind of different aid because what World Relief is doing is working with the immigrants but they do help fund some of these the the two mm-hmm. groups that I talked about that were in Tijuana that we visited they they mm-hmm. help they help fund those but they aren't necessarily over there themselves giving out water or anything but right. there are groups that do that because I mm-hmm. I have for several years given to a group that does that at the Texas border. And they also do it down in some of the countries uh, in Central America as well, knowing that those many of these uh, asylum seekers are coming through there in order to get here. Okay. Did your experience uh, or over the last few years as you've been more aware of this whole issue of immigration and the struggles that immigrants go through, did it point you to anything in particular, any Bible passage or concept um, that really helped solidify your know, new conviction that we need to be actively involved in helping them? Absolutely. I, I think part of really what started making me aware of that was just reading through the Bible mm-hmm. enough that you start noticing what God says about different things that maybe you hadn't noticed before mm-hmm. uh, what God says about the stranger or in the, in the Hebrew Bible, the same word as yours used, but our various translations may call them sojourners, strangers, uh, foreigners, aliens, yeah, aliens. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so mm-hmm. all of those are the same word and it all refers to people who are not native to the local mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. And so all of those instructions to the Hebrew nation under God's law tell us what God's heart is for immigrants, for people mm-hmm. who need a safe place to live. And of course, we know that God's heart is for families. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants families together. So that is part of what I think is really important as far as being treating them humanely is to keep families mm-hmm. together to try to work through those things. But I think for me, and probably for many of the people who listen to this, I mean, we want to know what Jesus said about this. Mm -hmm. And of course, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I've really just not been able to get that out of my mind when I think of, when I think of these asylum Mm -hmm. seekers, refugees, people who really need our help. They're desperate people or they wouldn't be leaving their country. They're desperate. They're mm-hmm. leaving the home, the only home they've ever known, and they're doing it because they're desperate to to come to a safe place. And if that were me, and mm-hmm. my kids are grown now, but if I had children and we were in a place where I, I know that there are many places where, where these gangs or cartels kidnap the boys and force mm-hmm. them into being part of that, I would have taken my son out of there as well and tried to go to a safe place. Mm-hmm. And so that is, a, to me, a real important passage. And another important passage, of course, is, is the Good Samaritan, which begins with, with Jesus uh, talking to, to a man and, and ask him, you know, what are the greatest commandments? 
And he answers and says, love the God, Lord, your God, with all your heart, mm -hmm. soul, mind, and strength and your neighbors yourself. And Jesus said, yes, you're right. And then in order to justify himself, however, he says, mm -hmm. who is my neighbor? Because if we're loving our neighbor as ourselves, it's like do unto others. It's very similar. We're, we're giving them what we would want in that situation. We're looking out for their best interest the way we would look mm -hmm. out for our best interest. And of course, the Good Samaritan, I mean, you've got a man traveling, which yep. these people are doing. You've got a man in danger, which these people are in danger. You, you've got someone who needs your practical help. And he gives it to them, but it is somebody who is a stranger is somebody who is actually his, his ethnicity would say that he's an enemy of our country. Mm -hmm. And yet the very enemy is the person who helps. The, the story of Ruth really comes to mind as well. Um, and I know that's, you know, almost a, a cliche sometimes that, yeah. that she was, you know, a foreigner who, who immigrated to Bethlehem and was poor, gleaned the fields. God had a way. He had already uh, kind of established a means of supporting the poor uh, and telling, you know, the wealthy landowners, no, you know, you need to leave some out there for them. Let them come work. Let them come and get food. Uh, so she does that. And then, uh, you know, it, it goes on, right? They realize, wow, we have a relative here who can help. And she challenges him in, in their faith that she's come to believe to go further than just the help he had to give, right? And right. so, yeah, he ends up marrying her and, and it's all great. But it's just a, a kind of a life story of watching the gospel come to life, you know? Absolutely. Or you think about Abraham, God told him to immigrate mm -hmm. to another country and he was a stranger mm -hmm. there. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just, um, Jesus himself came to earth. This was not his native place. Was it not? Mm -hmm. I mean, he became a man so that he could serve us. He came and lived as we live to serve mm -hmm. us. There's no better there's no better example than what Jesus did for us. If sacrificial love is what, what is needed, I think. And the sad thing is Pew Research did a study that came out just a few months ago. Only 21% of the evangelicals that answered this question said that the Bible would be the most important thing for them to consider when treating immigrants. Mm which flabbergasts me. We are evangelicals. We think that the Bible is, is important for us to learn from. And this is where we get our guidance for daily life. Mm -hmm. And yet only 21% said that it had anything to do with immigration. So that seems like just ignorance, you know, sometimes willful, but sometimes it's just, it's never taught. Well, it's not. We, we really don't talk about it. And, and I don't know, we, it's, it's a discipleship issue that needs to mm -hmm. be taken care of. Um, but if we look at the Bible, we look at the character of God, God loves and cares for people who are, mm -hmm. who are not from here, people mm -hmm. not like us, people who we might fear. And, and that's another problem, I think. I think the church has, 
has fallen for too many of the political pundits who talk, who who whip up our fear of immigrants, mm -hmm. who make it sound like we're being invaded. These people, they're coming for safety. They're not trying mm -hmm. to overcome us. Um, mm -hmm. They just want to come and work. We got to listen to the stories of a couple of young men uh, who are both in the United States. One is an asylum seeker. He and his mm -hmm. wife, and they have a baby, are seeking asylum, and he's from Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. He said he traveled through nine different countries to get to the United States. He came in over the southern border in Tijuana. And he can't work yet because he hasn't been here long enough. Yeah. And he said, I just wish I could work. I just wish I could help provide. I'd, I really wish that that were the case. And he's, he's coming from a country that has very few freedoms. And his wife would be have basically none. Mm -hmm. um, he just, he's so excited. He's so happy that we have al allowed him to come, but he's mm -hmm. very fearful that he won't get to stay. And the other young man is from Venezuela and he's mm -hmm. been here for several years on a student visa, but he, he originally came with his dad because his dad had been kidnapped and the family had had to sell everything they had to mm -hmm. I guess maybe not sell everything, but all the assets that they had, they had to gather, they had to liquidate and give to these um, kidnappers for his dad to get back. And he said it was really miraculous that his dad came home at all. But he said that the, the statistics showed that if they've been kidnapped once, they'll try you again. Mm -hmm. So he and his dad had to flee Venezuela at the time mm -hmm. to get here. And, and being here on a student visa, if he leaves and the, and the laws change, which this keeps happening all the time. And, and Maria talked to us about that. She, she said that, and in fact, the border patrol talked to us about that. When we talked to them, mm -hmm. they said it is so difficult because the presidents keep changing everything. Mm -hmm. The Congress keeps changing everything. I mean, it is, there's nothing you can depend on. And mm -hmm. so you, you're afraid to cross the border and go visit your mother mm -hmm. as this young might man. Not get is, back in. They might ever, ever let him back in. So he said right. he hasn't seen his mother in nine years. And we asked him, what could we pray for? He said, pray that I can see my mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It just breaks your heart. Mm -hmm. we, we need some new laws and we need to be advocating for those, you know, um, in fact, Proverbs 31, eight says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. We need to be speaking up and world relief is one place you can do that. If you go there, they have a, I don't know if it's a page that you can go to to advocate. And when you put all your information on there, they know who your representatives are, who your senators are. Mm -hmm. And if something comes up, they will send you a text. They'll send you an email and say, mm -hmm. would you advocate for this? They tell you what it is. And right. So the choose, different laws. Yes. You can choose uh, to speak up about those laws. Yeah. Recently, Florida was trying to pass, you may have read about it, was trying to pass a law that said that it was illegal to 
have an an immigrant that wasn't legally in the United States in your car with you to take them anywhere. And the Christian pastors and their their congregations stood up to this, particularly the Hispanic congregation. Mm-hmm. They said, you're making an illegal for us to do what we have to do for our faith. Our faith says mm-hmm. that we have to take care of people. We, I mm-hmm. have to feed people. I can't I can't even bring them to church in this with this yeah. law. And they did not pass it. So but, when you say illegal, oh, yeah, what who's classified as illegal? All the asylum seekers or I'm sorry, I used I'm not used to not using words yet, but illegal is not really a good word to use mm-hmm. for immigrants because and I had thought I'd stopped using it a long time ago, but anyway. But because these are people made in the image of God, they aren't illegal people. And that it, it is it is very uh, a prejudicial term to use. Mm-hmm. Undocumented is a, is a much better okay. word to use from well, them. But, it sounded like you were using the language of the law that was trying to yes, bill. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but you could say they're unlawfully present. And these are the reasons that they would be unlawfully present, that they've entered the United States without inspection. That's what the people down at the border who are just coming across to the Rio Grande are doing. Mm-hmm. Or they overstay a temporary visa. And apparently mm-hmm. about half of those in the in the country who are undocumented mm-hmm. that is why or they violate the terms of their visa so i'm not sure exactly what that mm-hmm. entails but something about the visa might, and some okay. of that is is how long you can stay and there, yeah. are, there are other but the ones who come across um undocumented are those the ones that meant most or many of them immediately are looking for border patrol so that they can most of them are asylum seekers and most of the, some of them then others would be those who are just trying to get in and go find their people and just go work. Um, uh, do yes. yes, that's exactly right. When we talk to the border patrol, well, you know, the, the border was, was totally locked down over on, uh, yes. until just mm-hmm. last week, I think it was. And so no, nobody could come through the ports. Mm-hmm. So all those people that wanted to come in were coming in in ways that were not legal. And there needs to be a legal way to get in. And then all these people aren't going to cross the borders. And the border patrols told us, they said, if they had, if, if the laws would change so that they could have good ways to process people when they're coming in at the actual border crossing, then they can spend their time doing why they join the border patrol. They join the border mm-hmm. patrol to get rid of the bad guys, to not mm-hmm. let the smugglers, uh, to mm-hmm. not let the drug drug people in. You know, that that's why they mm-hmm. wanted to be in the border patrol. And they said instead we're dealing with all these people that we really aren't equipped to deal with. Mm-hmm. If the laws were changed where coming across the border, you know, isn't going to be considered mm-hmm. at all. Uh, and they had good places to legally process them when they come in, then mm-hmm. the border patrol could do what they're there for. Right. Yeah. Too many people, not enough resources. Absolutely. Uh, to, to process them through. Um, so yeah, laws need to change, uh, but also it sounds like hearts need to change 
um, whether yeah. that's in the church or anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, at, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, just like mine did. Mm -hmm. My yeah. heart needed, I needed to be more compassionate about people who were struggling. Mm -hmm. I didn't struggle mm -hmm. in those mm -hmm. kinds of ways that they do. We all struggle, right. but I wasn't struggling with safety of my family. I wasn't struggling with uh, not having food on my table or not even knowing where to sleep at night because I'm in mm -hmm. a in a place where I am not from because I had to yeah. leave there. Yeah. So it's it's just a big issue. It's mm -hmm. not like the Bible gives us every policy, you know, to mm -hmm. follow, but the Bible does show us that God cares about these people, that we should be loving them. We should be uh, they're made in his image, we should be treating them humanely. And those are the kinds of things that we can advocate for. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a great place to wrap up. Um, I think so too. Thank you for sharing your experience and, um, and, and, and the way you've been wrestling with this whole issue over the last you know, year or two, or however you know, longer it was, and how it moved you to action. And so I think, um, Anyone who's watching or listening, we've given them a few things to think about and um, hopefully some resources. I don't, if you have any you know, specific websites, um, we can put those in the notes. And, uh, yes, um, we'll, we'll put that on our website and you go to the menu under resources and I think it's called Video Podcast Extras. And okay. I will put a resource on there with a list of some places that you can donate mm -hmm. some, and different types of places, depending yeah. on what they do, and some suggestions for what you mm -hmm. do about the, the refugees, if you have them in your, in your city. Right. Where, of course, we have thousands of them in the Dallas area. So if you're a women's, um, a pastor for women or director, uh, you know, anybody on staff who can consider utilizing the resources of a church even then um, this would also be a place to go to to get started with some ideas right absolutely yeah. well thanks Kay appreciate thanks, it Kelly to hearing how this rolls out in the future I know a lot yeah. of prayer we need to pray too I don't want to leave yeah. that out mm -hmm. but prayer and prayer and exactly action, action. Yeah. that's right all right thanks very much Okay. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcast episodes and resources for women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast is produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministry. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Deborah Herring, and Sharifa Stevens. Theme music. Back in Stride by Don Miller, used courtesy of Christine Miller.